0: Greetings, dear friends. Today, we'll talk again with the esteemed Igor Mihailovich Danilov. Greetings. Igor Mihailovich, today I'd like to touch upon the following curious point. Almost every person feels an inner need, and most importantly, a desire to be happy, to constantly live in love and joy, so that his whole life would be a pleasure. But in practice, one paradoxical thing happens. For some reason, people's lives are mostly filled with anxiety and fear. Moreover, all of these fears and worries consume almost the entire life of a person, because he doesn't just devote some minutes to them or, say, hours, days, weeks, or months, but sometimes he devotes very many years to them. So it turns out that fear actually deprives a person of all Almost his entire life, but certainly the most regrettable thing is that fear takes away a person's spiritual life. So today I would like to discuss and figure out what fear is and why it has such power over us. Who benefits from our living in constant fear and why? Is it possible to get rid of fears in general? How to do that? Probably the first point regarding fears that interested me. Was the John of the Ladder mentioned that a proud soul is a slave to fear? He also said that cowardly people are always vainglorious. However, Some people may still object because it would seem what vainglory, what pridefulness can we talk about at all when a person who is scared, experiences mental pain and seems to be in such a sacrificial position that he isn't the aggressor in this abusive relationship? Fear and vainglory, fear and pride, how do they go together at all?
1: It's actually a good question. Indeed, people suffer and agonize most of their lives precisely because of fears. What is fear, my friends? Fear is a very powerful and strong Emotion. I would say, is the dominant Emotion. And it is one of the main, let's call it a guard, one of the main guards in the way to spiritual liberation. Right. In fact, nothing stands in the way but foolishness, stupidity and fear towards gaining Life by any human being. Therefore, yes, fear is the dominant Emotion. Yet, what is the dominant Emotion? Here, if we are to analyze it, we should analyze it in detail, right? Why are we afraid of something our whole lives? It doesn't matter of what, we are afraid of losing a job, ending a relationship, we are afraid of… We are afraid of everything. Who produces fear? Consciousness. Personality has no function of fear. Personality cannot experience fear. If we approach this question more fundamentally and seriously, we should take into account the following factor. It is the main one personality. Yet, my friends, we are personality. That is, the one who finances everything, the one who lives, observes, and so on, is Personality. Not everyone understands this. Why? Not everyone feels free of consciousness. And when consciousness dominates over Personality, a person cannot separate himself from it. I mean, he cannot even identify himself. He is not free. Why? Because consciousness lives instead of him. So, for many people, I would say this is a bit of a shock. They say, how come? I actually think these are my thoughts, I think, therefore I am.
0: I live, right.
1: Right, I live. Meaning, my thoughts are me. This is far from being true, my friends. This is said by people who have never really engaged in spiritual practices, who never worked on themselves in terms of spiritual development or even simply in intellectual development. You know, sort of something new, right? like sports, let's say, to try something new. So, if even skeptics, even those people who cannot detach themselves from consciousness would simply spare a few minutes a day to sit down and try to stop their thoughts, if you, my friend, are the master of your thoughts. If you are the thought, stop them. It's impossible. Try to focus and hold them. After all, you are the master of thought, aren't you? Focus and keep your thoughts on one object or, I don't know, on a particular subject, on one theme. You'll see how many thoughts you have in your head, how they come and go, how they are produced. It's not clear who, you do not order them, they just come from the outside in large quantities. And at this point when, let's say, the interest of personality, or that which consciousness has imposed on personality, matches with those incoming thoughts, a certain resonance arises and personality perceives them. Thus, we return to personality, where we started. Personality is incapable of seeing the three dimensional world. It doesn't perceive, hear, or see it. It doesn't feel what is happening to the body all the more. This is true. Those who have experience of let's say, a deeper spiritual immersion, be it prayerful immersion, mantra reading, or meditative practices. In fact, it's even better if there is experience in spiritual practices. That's really great. Why? Because a person clearly differentiates it all there, where a thought is and where he as an observer, as Personality is. And here we immediately see a gap, a huge gap between the one who observes and consciousness. So the one who observes, perceives everything, I mean, we as Personality perceive everything, as consciousness suggests, we see, hear, and feel our body, we can move our hands, right? But it's not us who move our hands. That's the point. Again, we have uncontrollable gestures, and we have controllable gestures. Why? How was our consciousness trained? A habit. Of course.
0: Repetition frequency. Sure.
1: We, As a human being, meaning as Personality, we are, let's say, far from being in that field structure. And Personality is even more subtle. It is between the sixth and the seventh, dimensions, let's say, our consciousness is in the fourth dimension. Can you imagine that chasm, consciousness, can move higher in developed people, in those who are more developed? I mean, not necessarily in the spiritual direction, but in the direction of magic too. In other words, when a lot of attention is paid to consciousness, in fact, attention is the energy of Life for it. So, when a lot of attention is given to, let's say, developing our consciousness, and we concentrate, become keen on, I don't know, some techniques, practices, prayful states or whatever else, we develop ourselves not only as Personality, provided that the practices are correct, but also develop consciousness. Meaning, there is an inward focus, deepening and detachment from the body. Nowadays, there is a plethora of different practices and techniques, including meditative ones, there are various groups for self-development and everything else. That very hypnosis, let's say, various suggestion techniques and many, many other things that contribute to the development of our consciousness. So, the more it absorbs our attention and concentrates on itself, the more it develops up to the sixth dimension. This is really so for people who practice magic and are highly developed. So, consciousness cannot go beyond the sixth dimension, whereas Personality is obliged to go beyond the seventh dimension. Meaning, beyond the seventh dimension, The material world ceases to exist at all, just to make it clear. But as Personality, we do not perceive this world. Therefore, everything that happens here, including what happens to us, we perceive through consciousness. It is consciousness that receives information from our body, obviously, directly through the brain, through the neurons and whatnot. But as of today, excuse me, neurophysiologists and everyone else already confirmed that In our brain, there is a primitive mind, reflexes and everything else, but there is no consciousness. It is really not there. Let's not delve into that. We talked about it a lot, doctors talked about it a lot too, when the brain was almost missing, while consciousness was still present just like before and didn't suffer. In other words, it's a field structure. It is clear that it is outside the body as it is not in the body. But everything that happens to the body, everything our eyes see, everything our body feels, everything we hear with our ears, all our tactile perception, all this information is transmitted to our Personality through consciousness. The more attention we invest in a problem, well, in fact, funding and investing attention is energy. Let's take that as the equivalent of money, okay? So the cashier, or let's say, not even the cashier, but the bank, That's what Personality is. While our consciousness is precisely the main consumer of these resources, so the more resources it receives, the more opportunities for self-development it gets. The stronger our consciousness becomes, the more active and freer our subpersonality will be if we fail to become spiritually developed beings. The question is, what is consciousness fighting for? For our spiritual development? No. Why? Because it means death for it. What will it fight for? Our consciousness is actually capable of self-identification. Moreover, both primary and secondary consciousnesses. So, no matter how you look at it, all of us, from the perspective of psychiatry, are a bit of schizophrenic. Why? Because we have at least three beings in one bottle. It's just that we often merge, and it's hard to, let's say, distinguish who is where. A simple example. Again, going back to that very technique, sit down, calm down, and observe what you have in your head, observe what emotions and thoughts you have, simply address, regardless of your mood, or even better, when you're in one mood and then in another one. Just sit down, calm down and observe. Don't take any action, don't try to think about anything. Just observe. You will see how your mood changes, how something happens to you. But that's where the observer is developed. It is the easiest exercise to understand that you are not consciousness and you don't control it. Yet, you can put wood on the fire, as they say, right? Meaning, you pay attention to one thought, and it begins to unfold, although immediately a lot of other thoughts appear. Now we come back to emotion. What is emotion? Emotion is a substantiation Mm -hmm. for the bank, for our Personality. To receive additional funding. Mm-hmm. Let's put it this way.
0: And what is the fuel for fear?
1: And the fuel for fear, not for fear, but for consciousness. for consciousness. Consciousness is actually the one that produces a strong emotion, which supposedly poses some kind of a threat. And consciousness begins to sort of very actively make a fuss around this subject, to exaggerate and to show pictures to personality. And we as Personality are focused and invest our entire attention in the problem. Here's a simple example. Who hasn't experienced fear? Everyone experienced it for one or another reason, it doesn't matter, it's not necessarily a threat to the existence of your body, right? But I mean the fear of a problem. Let's say, problems have accumulated, and we cannot get away from those problems. They have simply overpowered us. There is an unsolvable task. We are trying to solve it, and we cannot see the world around us. So, a person, Any of us is able to perceive an enormous flow of information at once, to digest and to process it. That's how our consciousness should work. However, it's enough for us to pay attention to one point, and we no longer see anything else, don't we? For instance, which of you is now perceiving what is happening behind you, my friends? What is happening in the next room, in the street? None of you. While in a normal calm state, we perceive information that is happening around us. If we are calm, right? Thus, we are able to read, listen to the TV, and also talk to somebody. That's a normal function of our body. Well, for some people it is more difficult if, let's say, we are reading, delving deep into information, and we get what? Images.
0: Sophia always goes along with imagination.
1: One hundred percent. Images are what attracts us the most. Why? Personality doesn't perceive words. This is true. Consciousness communicates with Personality, let's say, in such an individual language of its own. As a rule, there arise images, emotions, colors, and tints. Well, I'm speaking figuratively, but words are actually converted in our head. The function of our brain is to convert words into pictures. Then our consciousness manipulates pictures and transmits those pictures to us as Personality. And Personality perceives the streaming information at a much slower speed than we observe it. Why does our brain miss enormous… Let's say, an enormous flow of information comes with big gaps. I mean, if information comes in very quickly and in very big amounts, a whole lot is missed. In other words, we as Personality do not perceive it if a huge flow of information comes to us. Certainly, if we practice, train and invest attention in that, we will perceive much more both through peripheral perception and all the rest. But this is if we practice and develop our consciousness, its abilities and capacities, if we make our consciousness strong and developed so that it could easily suppress us as Personality. Then we will be so to say, halfway to sub-Personality.
0: Do I understand correctly that in this case, information is selectively chosen for Personality? Surely,
1: of course, Personality perceives… Again, what is Personality attuned to? To freedom. It does everything to attain freedom. That is, we as Personality, each of us… I'm saying again, each of us, regardless of who we are, atheists, anxious drug addicts, or anyone else, We are inside, we feel and know that there is God. Our consciousness denies it completely. Even if we are believers, absolute believers, we doubt the existence of God at the level of our consciousness. This is really so. That's why it happens that a person is sort of a believer, but he acts in a completely different way. Is the dominance of consciousness over Personality. And that's where these conflicts and not quite clear moments arise he seems to be a believer, right? But he doesn't behave the way he's supposed to, does he? He behaves unworthily. Why? Because consciousness is active. And the believer, well, how to say? He believes, but he doubts. He's more concerned about material life, meaning he's a person who doesn't strive for spiritual development, but merely creates such a picture. Because of what? Because. Consciousness is active. Consciousness is not interested in our spiritual development. We should know and understand this. And so we see that if a person, let's say, has a dominant consciousness, while most of our people are like that, he will deny everything completely. He, you know, his credo is meanness, filth, and everything else. But with his own pridefulness, selfishness, and all the rest, All this is actually a derivative of our consciousness. I mean, all these negative factors. Isn't that so? It is. It's the same. And here is the answer why a Proudling is always in fear for the most part. Why? Because for him, for such a Proudling, a great… many threats exist. So, he creates an illusion, a picture of what he is like and tries to maintain it before Personality, and Personality finances the maintenance of this picture, and immediately a command goes from consciousness to Personality, or rather not a command, but a picture, that there is a certain threat to our pridefulness formed by consciousness.
0: To the avatar.
1: Right, the little avatar. This is indeed so. I'm just saying, if you… Delve into it a little bit, it is very interesting on the one hand, perhaps we will once analyze it all.
0: There are also two interesting points here. So, it turns out that fear is a kind of belief in negativity in a bad scenario that…
1: No, it's not a belief in negativity. Fear is a manipulation of consciousness over Personality. In other words, consciousness manipulates Personality by means of fear and takes an enormous amount of unnecessary funds. Yet, what does Personality need those funds for in order to… I mean, attention. What is attention? Attention is a tool. Our Personality possesses attention. Consciousness doesn't possess attention at all. That's for you to understand. But consciousness can attract attention. Why? Because our consciousness, well, once again, it simultaneously processes a mass of various information. It doesn't process it, information comes to consciousness, and it presents it to Personality, right? Thus, it is able to think and to calculate something, if we force it. Even if we don't force it, it can cling to some idea and discuss it. For example, we are watching a TV series or reading an interesting book, and a lot of images come to our mind, we start worrying about somebody. Why? Because Personality ultimately doesn't perceive our body as our body. That's for you to understand. Why does hypnosis work? Why does suggestion work? You know, that's… Now we are approaching interesting topics that you and I can discuss for hours. People will be interested, and it is really interesting. Why is a human suggestible? So, we enter as a third force between consciousness and Personality. We take over the function of, let's say, that very consciousness, and we already give commands, through primary consciousness, I mean. We are between secondary consciousness and primary consciousness, so to say. And we already present information to Personality, for example, that you are a man, and your Personality doesn't reject that. Why? Because it doesn't care.
0: It doesn't care.
1: Right. But when a person is spiritually developed, hypnosis doesn't function. Why? A simple question. Because there is total domination over primary consciousness and control over secondary consciousness. It's impossible to dominate secondary consciousness, but it is possible to control it.
0: Igor Mihailovich, there is also the following question. You know, there is an expression by that very John of Dalada, that cowardice is a childish disposition in an old vainglorious soul. Yet, if everything is sort of clear with vainglory that a person is a very significant figure, and he is constantly engaged in self pitting I, Me, Myself, then why is cowardice a childish disposition?
1: Well, let's start from the point that it has nothing to do with the soul. The soul is the soul, let's put it this way. We discussed it more than once, and we can discuss it and talk about it more. But what was meant by this expression, what I understand, someone may understand differently. Again, why childish? Let's look at how child is developing. Sheer caprices. What are caprices? It's a manipulation. Why is a child capricious? As long as he is little. He is honest, so to say, if he wants to eat, he cries. If his tummy hurts, he cries. Afterwards, the more his consciousness develops, the more a manipulator develops in him, doesn't it? Thus, he wants something, and he tries to find a way to force his parents, adults, let's say, to fulfill what he wants in order to receive exactly what he wants. And just note, often children who are a little bit spoiled, let's say. As soon as adults talk and give attention to each other, a child necessarily interferes in the conversation and starts drawing attention to himself. Why? Why does a child always strive to draw attention to himself, to his persona? A simple question. Those who are familiar with Alatra do know the answer, whereas those who are not familiar won't be able to answer it. Here, you know, games of psychology or something else will start. while in actual fact, it's attention. Attention is the energy that is transmitted from one person to another, and so forth. It's the most valuable thing that is here. Not attention itself, but what's behind attention, so to say. Attention is like electricity. We use it and do not know what it is. It's the same with attention. We use it, we all fight for it. Every single one of us fights for it. But we do not know what it is. Meanwhile, it is exactly that energy which can functionally support, let's say, and contribute to the development of our consciousness. And it is that energy owing to which, by using it properly, we can gain Life Eternal. This is really so. Behind that energy, behind our attention, there is a lot. That is why such a fight for attention is going on. Let's look at how animals behave invest attention, conduct an experiment, start investing attention. Two animals, for instance, two cats or two dogs, you invest attention in one of them and do not invest in the other. Just ignore it completely, ignore it at the level of consciousness, do not notice it, you will see how it will behave. So, these are experiments that were carried out many times, and all of them confirmed that everyone hunts for attention. Therefore, how do those egotists behave? They always attract attention to themselves, don't they?
0: Like children.
1: Of course. Let's take the category of people who suffer from depression. What is depression? Again, it is consumption of other people's attention.
0: Self-pity.
1: Of course. It is manipulation of consciousness over Personality, well, and many other factors. In fact, only egoists suffer from depression. Others don't suffer. The best cure is work therapy. Do something, especially for the benefit of people, and depression immediately disappears. Isn't that right? Everyone fights for attention. Why do people cling so tightly to power? Please, answer me, my friends. I understand, now you'll start with money, attention, or something else. Attention is the key. I mean, they the more superior the power is, the more popular they are, the more people talk about them, and the more attention they attract. Well, who chases after people's attention a future subpersonality? Well, isn't that so? And that's where the difference is. If we look at popular people, no matter whom, and they are already, let's put it this way, practically a subpersonality during their lifetime, they drain our energy. Is there a difference? There is. Meanwhile, there are other people who give that energy. And the difference is huge. Then we want to look at them. We are attracted, we are filled. When watching a popular person, let's say, we don't become empty, as if dehydrated inside, but get filled. Hence, this person gives energy. But can he be a politician, an actor, or someone else? Of course not. He cannot. All the priests should be like that, I emphasize, all of them. Nowadays, unfortunately, everything is exactly the opposite. Even when we listen to promoted priests of, let's say, one or another religion, what do we observe? That afterwards there comes emptiness and a lot of doubts. In other words, the activity of our consciousness Well, there are those who feel, we will not promote them, let's say. Those who know them do know, they are in Christianity, Islam and other religions. So while listening to them, you get filled. Why? Because these are people who… they live with God in their soul, and they share that. There is such a difference. Attention is extremely valuable, and consciousness fights precisely for that attention. So we come back to fears again. That is, why we explained it for so long, so that it would be clear why attention is valuable. How can consciousness, full Personality, and take more? There is a threat to the existence of the body. While you as Personality are not free yet, you are not developed yet, you are to evolve, to become saved, and to gain spiritual life. So what would you do? You have to… Preserve. take emergency measures, that is, to preserve your body, to preserve some importance, usefulness, or something else. That's it. And you will feed these, let's say, games of consciousness, which consciousness itself will even intentionally create. It will deliberately create the hardest conditions and a lot of problems through which it will simply milk Personality to solve these problems. This is so. Many people commit crimes without even knowing why they do that. Afterwards, they repent and don't understand why they did that. Those are games of consciousness. It is an uncontrollable consciousness over a strong Personality, I emphasize, over a strong one. If Personality is strong, it carries a threat to consciousness. And from that very start, consciousness begins to create various intrigues, pushes Personality to the wrong path, and manipulates that. The same is with fears. Everyone lives in fears. Few people have peace. Those who say, any of them, that they have peace, deceive. But what does consciousness also immediately push us to? That the higher we climb on a social ladder, the richer we become, the calmer and freer we will be. Show me at least one rich person who lives peacefully and joyfully he has a thousand times more worries than we, say, ordinary people have.
0: As research shows, the higher a person climbs, the more fear Certainly. of losing his position he has.
1: Of course, because such people become more vulnerable, they become more manipulated. That's how it is.
0: Igor Mikhailovich, it turns out that when a person is afraid, he also loses confidence in himself, and his strength, he gives up in the face of difficulties, He does not reach his goals both in prayer and in good deeds, and so on, he stops. Again,
1: why does this happen? Why does it really happen? You have just said the key point, both in prayers and in good deeds, because consciousness is active. Consciousness doesn't need prayers, consciousness doesn't need, say, good deeds. They're not beneficial. It imposes, again, beneficial, right? Well, these are simple examples, we can voice them. It is
0: very essential for Personality to shift attention from focusing on oneself, on this I, in order to expand this narrowed state, of course Such dereflection… By the way, a method by which schizophrenia is also treated is to shift attention from focusing on oneself to doing something for others.
1: If schizophrenia, let's say, does not carry a congenital disease, an organic disorder or something else, then most often Schizophrenia is not schizophrenia as such.
0: It is pridefulness.
1: Yes, in this case, there are other causes hidden in the games of consciousness, although the diagnosis may be schizophrenia.
0: In fact, it is very important for a person who follows the spiritual path not to be afraid. You know, I remember a story when Peter walked on the water, and, you know, he really wanted to go towards Christ on the water. So he walked, a strong wind rose up, he got scared and began to sink. And then he said, "Lord, save me." Jesus said, "You of little faith. Why did you doubt?" And you know, this point, this is actually not a literal story—a person walking on the water, violating the laws of physics. I guess it is probably an allegory, an
1: absolute allegory
0: of a person's spiritual path.
1: You know what I'll tell you: 99% of all believers who listen to this allegory understand that this didn't happen in fact. But everyone keeps lying and playing a believer. How can we doubt it? After all, it was Jesus Christ, right? He actually walks on water. Jesus Christ gave these examples purely as examples in an allegorical way. So, if you walked on water, for example, what is water? Water is another world. And he described and compared the Spiritual World to the waters of the ocean, to water and so on, meaning something different lives there. It is eternal there, so you walk on water and many such examples. And what
0: is this wind? It turns out that it is life circumstances which you have to go through, or doubts. Of
1: course, these are doubts. You shouldn't pay attention to these doubts and fears. But you go towards
0: Christ, who is waiting for you now. Of
1: course, if you love me, if you trust me, come to me, he said. Just come to me, I'm waiting for you, my friend.
0: Don't doubt it.
1: Of course, just put aside your doubts and come to me. Don't pay attention to the wind. Don't pay attention to the waves, the circumstances of Life were precisely meant, those problems that arise around you, that which consciousness can cling to. And more often than not, I'm saying once again, consciousness itself creates these problems trying to distract you as Personality, you see? So you have to walk steadfastly
0: towards your spiritual goal.
1: Absolutely right, especially if your goal is Spiritual Salvation, my friend. And if you doubt, and stumble, you will drown. Why? You won't be able to walk on water.
0: There is another interesting point in this story, that Jesus doesn't calm, so to say, this wind or these waves.
1: Of course not.
0: He just leads Peter. And when they get on the boat together, then this wind and the raging sea calm down.
1: You know, my friends, this story was actually described in the Apocrypha. It was also described let's say, in the memories about Jesus Christ by the first Christians. And the agnostics Gnostics kept these records almost until the year 1200. There were copies of the records, thank God that they were, mm-hmm. and they still remain. Later on, when they already destroyed the Gnostics, they destroyed all those records too, the Holy Inquisition, you see. Anyway. In those records, it was exactly mentioned how Jesus Christ described this example. Only the main character there was neither Peter nor Jesus. He described it all in a completely different way. While afterwards, we already read in the Holy Scriptures that Peter himself doubted, stumbled, but he had walked some. We must believe. A part
0: of the way, yes. Yes,
1: it's like a lesson for believers, you see. You know, that's why we have such a world. It seems like, yes, they established a religious organization, took all these stories, made them sort of real to strengthen people's faith and so forth. But but I wonder, are Jesus' words and the story he told weaker than The fact that he, Jesus, walked on the water, he never walked on the water. This is nonsense. Neither did others, in fact. One can break the laws of physics, but it costs too much, and it takes too much energy, it's not worth it. And certainly, Peter didn't walk on water. But what had to be enhanced? Peter's authority. You know, these games, these manipulations, lead to the consequences that we live and exist nowadays in the 21st century the same way as they did 2,000 years ago and exactly as they did 4,000 years ago. Because we humans don't change. We become worse, craftier, smarter, meaner, and more heartless. But we do not become better. Why? Because we alter the truth for the benefit of the few, so that we can establish and strengthen our organization, right? And we, again, I understand this, I understand it very well, that by truth and verity you cannot earn world domination, can you? I'm just calling things by their proper names. Let's imagine a simple example, okay? Did Jesus Christ perform any rituals? Tell me, did He walk around and sing songs, bang a tambourine, wave or kindle something? Well, it's just that, excuse me, I'm just putting it in human terms, did he do that? Did he? No, he didn't, but he was in spiritual practices. He taught people and told them how to do it right. He shared what he had inside. That's the key point. Let's take the last prophet. He is the best of people. Did he ever do anything like that? No. What did he do? He was often in spiritual practices. He shared what he had and told people what they needed to know. Isn't that true? So why was it all altered afterwards? Dancing, jumping with the tambourine, running around a bunch of men in women's dresses with some rituals and whatnot. What is all this theatricality for? A simple question, does it lead to the spiritual? No. And all of us understand and know this, all of us, I emphasize, we know this inside. Because each of us, as Personality, knows the Verity and knows the Truth and we reach for it. While there, we go there in fear. Why? Because a substitution was made. Instead of Love and Joy, fear of God has been imposed. A barn burned down. It means you didn't please God. Lightning struck the house. It means you didn't please God, you felt sick. It means God took offence. You see,
0: Father's methods are cruel and pedagogical. Very
1: much, yes. And why is God so unmerciful and so angry? So that we fear Him, right? Again, fear and emotion. Who benefits from it? Satan. Let's call things by their proper names from the religious standpoint, okay? Indeed, Satan benefits.
0: And how does consciousness react to fear?
1: Attention.
0: Apart from being paralyzed, it runs away. It
1: runs away.
0: Or fights, to run, to fight. Either
1: aggression or inaction or running away, as you say,
0: or fighting God.
1: Of course, and again, if a person cannot fight, yet he can resist, what does that beget? God-fighters. Isn't that so? What did that beget? A lot of heretics. Isn't that so? It is. I mean, it has harmed humanity, and very badly. Yes, it has established organization, yes, it has strengthened them. But people, even those who were there and really came, to serve God, and there are a lot of people like that nowadays, too. They have to collect this truth grain by grain in order to develop spiritually, isn't that so? There are still grains left, of course. Let's recall the Universal Grain Project, how many grains we have found. All religions have them, otherwise they would have collapsed. They had to take the truth and convey it to people. But again, always creating a swing. They gave… Chaff. a couple of manipulative chaffs per truth, let's say, for their own benefit, isn't that so? We are not accusing anyone now, my friends, we are not against religion or anything else. We are talking about what took place. We are now talking about how stupid we are as humanity, because we didn't preserve what is the most precious and most important. Again, we used it, I emphasized, we as people used it, as a tool to enrich ourselves and to create power. And why did we need power? We already discussed this, my friends, in order to attract someone's attention. Why do people strive to earn countless amounts of money? Will they eat more than us or what? No. Then what is power, fame and popularity for? What is this needed for? Why does each of us want to show off? A simple question, dyeing one's hair, dressing up, what will they think of me, how do I stand out from the crowd, and the like. We try to be noticeable, we fight for other people's attention, we fight for those cramps of that which is truly valuable, that which is present on this Earth. You see, gold, even if they show it into your grave, say, it was showed into the pharaoh's graves, does it bring them any relief? Did they not become a subpersonality? Of course they did. To this day, it doesn't matter, gold didn't save anyone neither money nor anything else saved them. Yet, attention does have value, that's what everyone is fighting for. You
0: know, Igor Mikhailovich, it is also interesting that the Qur'an warned that if people rely not on God, but on people from among the jinn in order to get rid of their fears, then the following will happen to the fears, they will only increase. Of course. And that's what the warning was about, that these people in whom you see patronage, in whom you see the calming of your fears, will, on the contrary, instigate this fear.
1: They will contribute to this fear. If you really try to find salvation through people trusting in them and laying your hopes on them, rather than on God, your problems will only increase. Why? Those very people whom you, as they say, pray to, expecting salvation, will actually intensify that. It is natural and normal. It's… You just have to know how physics works. After all, it is really physics. Well, it doesn't matter, a more subtle physics of these processes, let's say. And then everything will be clear, easy and simple, you see? For instance, unfortunately, there is a lot of physics, right? Well, fortunately. Fortunately, right but.
0: Fortunately there is.
1: Fortunately, yes there is. But unfortunately, few people have delved into it and you know, it is criticized as pseudoscience and pseudo teaching. Well, nowadays everything that doesn't comply is pseudo, right? Well, carbon dioxide is not pseudo, is it? It is really true. All the troubles occur because we produce too much carbon dioxide. That's what they state.
0: Igor Mihailovich. if we return to the subject of fear, what aspect actually interested and surprised me in my time? You know, if we single out the direct speech of Jesus Christ, most often he tells people, don't be afraid or fear not. In fact, the most common advice in both the Old Testament and the New Testament is fear not. And for many people, this is a surprising fact. Why? Because it seems that the Bible would more likely say, don't do this or do that, or at least love one another. But certainly not the words, don't be afraid or fear not. Why did Christ focus on this point?
1: Paid a lot of attention.
0: Paid a lot of attention.
1: Do not obey satan. I translated. Do not be afraid and do not worry. Care about the main thing, my friend then everything will be fine. Fear not. Do not waste the power that was given to you for saving yourself and gaining Life on mortal things, on games of your consciousness, you shouldn't do that. Spend it where it is intended, then you will have everything. Again, how many parables did Jesus Christ tell? What and how we should spend? Well, we are missing that.
0: And there is so much advice. Even the Holy Fathers spoke about this very cowardice. And the images that rise in the head, in particular, Maximus the Confessor said that you shouldn't be afraid of those frightening images, because all this is emptiness, just turn them into nothing.
1: They don't exist.
0: It's a lie, it's a game. And if you overcome this imagination, these images, you will also overcome the One who begets these images, creates them, them, yes, yes, who sends you these images.
1: And those very Holy Fathers, practitioners, so to say, who really gained Life, they tell the truth. What do they say and what do they talk about, about real experience? What else do they talk about? About Alatra? don't they? Because the Truth is One and the Path is One, and whoever says what, it really exists. Here, I'll digress a little bit. They say that we are such a strange sect that has collected a little bit from everything and is pulling your leg, friends. Alatra has been invented…
0: Islam, Christianity, and everything together.
1: Yes, exactly. Regarding Alatra, okay? Let's just cast away all the imposed nonsense. And look, why is it this way? After all, in reality, what is embedded in Alatra, what Alatra describes is present in all religions. That truth which all religions, all religious institutions and the entire priesthood rest upon. Why? If we just remove from their religions what is not in Alatra, we will see that a couple of pages have remained. And those couple of pages are more than enough for fooling people for thousands of years. That's how strong the Truth is. That's what I'm saying all this for.
0: You know, Igor Mihalovich, the Truth is so strong, but opposition to the Truth is strong too.
1: Of course, there has to be opposition. Why? Because the Truth is frightening. It infuriates demons, and it scares consciousness. This is really so. Therefore, liars very poorly perceive the Holy Truth. That's true. Why? Consciousness trembles before the Truth, because it loses power. What does the Truth give? It gives awakening, right? An impulse of attention that goes from soul to soul awakens Personality. And people feel and understand that. This is true. As for lies, they only fool the mind and reinforce the position of consciousness. Let's say, lies elevate a person in his delusions onto some pedestals where he doesn't stand, in fact. Whereas if we face the truth, it is consciousness that just buries a person alive by forming a false image of him. That's the trouble, you see. I mean. Always and everywhere from those created images, as you say, there emerges an elementary simple thing — consumption. Our consciousness is a tried consumer. No matter how much you give to it, it has never enough. Is it possible to satiate consciousness? No, never. No matter how much attention you give it, it will always demand more and more. Again, those are the laws of physics, friends, and you won't get away from that. It's just that there are elementary, simple techniques, as Jesus Christ said, do not be afraid, love each other. Do not be afraid and follow the straight path. Be firm in your step. And the door is open in front of you. It will not open, it's already open. God never closed the door in front of those who love Him. You see how simple this is? Yet, to love God, to fear satan, is nonsense. Actually, satan fears you much more than you fear him.
0: This is true.
1: Because those demons in your head are so timorous, and they are afraid of any spiritual surge of yours, because for them it's like a red-hot iron on a naked body. This is true. Well, until you gain personal experience, you won't understand that. But thank God, so many people, so many of our friends already have this experience. They feel, know, and understand that, yes, consciousness is strong, yes, we often lose, but we lose minor battles. Yet, the main task is to win the war, my friends. Do not give way to despair. After all, consciousness captivates, distracts, and lures you, and afterwards is actually consciousness that picks on you. It says, see how worthless you are, you cannot… Well, what spirituality are you talking about? You will never see, you will never become. You will become, my friend, you will become. You are obliged to become an Angel. That's the meaning of your existence. Everything else is nonsense, everything. Your near and dear ones, friends, All this is temporary. Everything we have and everything we value in this material world, it is all given to us on loan, we cannot use it. There is no higher value here than your life, my friend, real life. And that is the truth. You must become part of the Spiritual World, then there is a meaning in your existence. There is no other meaning, and there cannot be. That's the very essence, and that's the truth. This is what the beast inside you fears, the one that distracts you, my friend, the one that forces you to be like it, that turns you into its copy. But you have the right to choose something different, you have the right to fly up, while that beast will never fly up. That's the meaning of our life.
0: It is so profound and great. Igor Mihalovich. It is true. Because it's really true. The
1: truth is always simple and it is genuine. Isn't that what great people talked about? People will again say, why do we always rely on the great ones, on Jesus Christ, on the prophet? Not for what consciousness says, but just to emphasize that thousands of years have been stolen from you, friends because the Great Ones came and told the simple truth. But afterwards, human consciousness stole that truth from the rest of you. Why? Because… You know why. Because the Truth gives freedom and takes power away from satan. That is why those very saints have always been persecuted and hated by demons. Isn't that so? It is. That's the meaning of our existence here, either to serve satan or to be on a par with God. And this is where they will pick on, what does it mean to be on a par with God? God God-like? No, we can never be equal to God. God is the entire Spiritual World. It is Infinity and Omnipresence. While to be on a par means to be equal among equals, among the Worthy Ones. This is what the Prophet always asked for the last Prophet and the greatest of people. I will never be tired of repeating that he is the greatest of people, and after him there has never been, and there is no such a worthy man. This is true.
0: Igor Mihailovich, if we touch upon the life of the Prophet… You know, at the moment when the Prophet had a meeting with Jabriel, he went to his wife's cousin, the name of that man was Baraka. He was an Arab, but he was a Christian. He adopted Christianity back in the days of paganism. And he told what had happened to him. You know, Waraka said, it was Jabril who came to you. But he also said a very interesting thing. He said, it's too bad, I'm not young, and I won't be able to help you at the time when you will be banished by your people. And the Prophet said, wait, are my people going to banish me? And Varukha said, yes, they will. Because no matter who comes with what you have come, people always target and treat them with hostility. And you know, Igor Mihailovich, I wondered for a long time why people were hostile, and say, persecuted Jesus Christ and the Prophet. You know, let's even take your life. Let's say, my friends and I were recently thinking about this topic, frankly speaking, and we were talking about how actually a person could live the way you do, constantly being, and walking as if on a razor blade every moment. These are not just words now, because to many people it may probably seem from a side, that your life is very easy. Even in conversations, some people envy you, that you have so much respect from people, and that so many people love you, but they don't see the other side of your life, that this life, excuse me, is horrible and nightmarish. Because at the moment, when so many people spit on your back, when so many people pour mud at you, when so many people betray you, those who call themselves friends, when so many people want to take your life. Because actually, what can be said in this regard, even since we met, I know many cases, when your life was in danger, and literally by some miracle your life was saved, and you are with us. And you know Igor Mikhailovich, I honestly did not understand what it was like. After all, what motivates you to act this way? You don't receive any compensation in this world, you have no power in this world, you have no money in this world. What is all this for? This cannot be understood by such commonplace consciousness of an ordinary person. Why? Why can you die every second, excuse me, at the whim of some people? Now I know that there is another side of your life your real life. Mm -hmm. But still, if we ask the question from a perspective of the commonplace human consciousness… Igor Mihailovich, what is it like for you to be in this world? Are you scared?
1: Consciousness is afraid. Of course, consciousness has such a function to fear for itself. Well, my consciousness isn't lucky, it is always afraid. But what is it like for me? I'll tell you honestly, friends, as of today, you will hardly find a happier person than me. This is true. You know, may I share an allegory too? Imagine rocks, a huge mountain without a single blade of grass on it, and your immediate manager tells you, go and turn it into a blooming garden. Can you imagine? You come and look, there is a mountain and no soil. Then a flower appears here and there, and you admire this Eden, this blooming garden. Tell me, Is it a bad life to turn the dead into the Alive? A simple question. As for the ordinary human side, haven't you experienced the same thing? Haven't you had troubles? just because you followed Me. Isn't that true? They spat at your backs. All sorts of things happened, and friends betrayed you. Meanwhile, I'll put it as follows. Not a single friend has betrayed Me. Not a single human has attempted to kill Me. Not a single human has insulted or offended Me. All the intrigues that took place were from satan, speaking the language of religion. Yes, consciousness forced people to do foolish things, and today many of them repent. However, the fear of consciousness blocks them from coming to me, although I know that they love me. Why? Because I love them. This is true. That's the point. You see, we are all humans. We do not do bad things from the soul. But sometimes we do bad things when consciousness has power over us. Right? Well, this is consciousness. There is a simple example. I mentioned it. Several times people came to me, those who were asked to do something bad to me, something very bad. It doesn't matter. However, being professionals, they immediately begin to examine the target, so to say. So, they come and said, we cannot do that. And just tell me, am I not the happiest person in this world when even those who are sent to do a bad thing come to me and say, no, we won't do it? As for the razor blade, as you say. Well, who hasn't been on a razor blade? Those who told the truth. Tell me, are there such people? Of course. You know, one can always get into big trouble for the truth. And don't our guys have trouble because of asininity, stupidity and idiocy of some people? Again, Why? I'm saying once again, it's not people who do that, but it's their consciousness who does it. It imposes a certain picture. And as a result, people do stupid things, right?
0: They reject that which gives Life.
1: Certainly, of course. Moreover, the truth that we voice is really frightening for those who are sitting on people's necks, who haven't come to serve God, but only pretend to serve. Yet, a person came for power, he came to satisfy satan. However, he says that he serves God, that he is a mediator between God and sheep. Lamps, pardon me, no, I'm not mistaken, sheep. Lamps are worthy, aren't they? They are. So why sheep? No offence, my friends, I don't mean any offence. I'm just saying, you know, when we listen to our consciousness and look at pictures, we do stupid things. Aren't we sheep if we believe in fairy tales? We are sheep. Because for thousands of years they've been manipulating us, they deprive us of life, they force us to die for somebody else's idea, they kill us just because they want to, because they are the masters. They consider themselves to be wolves. Isn't it so? It is. But we are people. And you know, if a person gains life, if he attains inner freedom, he doesn't care what those wolves do to his body. But there is one but. Wolves will never get where angels fly up. They doom themselves to death even by their own evil deeds. By listening to consciousness and committing a stupid thing, a person deprives himself of the future, he deprives himself of Love, he deprives himself of Life. Tell me, is Life without Love actually needed even here? What's the point
0: in two to
1: vegetate in fear, in serving somebody somewhere, not God, but some people who have a false idea of themselves, to fulfil their whims, to be a dependent servant, even without a prospect for the future? What's the point to vegetate in this body, rotting little by little? God has actually arranged it in such a way that our body grows decrepit, it ages and goes to ruin, unlike other animals on this planet, which preserve their life and become only stronger. Well, isn't that true? Let's take a sea urchin. As a matter of fact, it exists almost eternally. Even over years, I emphasize, its reproductive function only gets stronger, unlike some bipeds, and not just bipeds, but all animals too. Is it difficult for God to do something instead of us? It's not difficult. But then what's the point of the very idea? If God would do everything instead of us, tell me, who would it be then? An Angel or a consumer or satan? What's the point of doing everything instead of us? It's exactly us who should go through everything, through fire and water, we should go through the milestones of this life, yet we should fly up and not fall into a pit. This is the meaning of our life. And for that, what is needed for that? For that, guys, we need very, very little not to be afraid and simply to love each other. So, friends of mine, thank you for being with us, and thank you for staying with us. Let's just love each other. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much,
0: Ikar Mikhailovich. Thank you for everything.
1: Thank you, friends.